Hello, and welcome to the Content Minds. My name is Ryan Broderick, and I also had a viral tweet this week, and my mentions are not a happy place to be right now. Uh, my name is Luke Bailey, and I did not notice that you had a viral tweet this week. What was your viral tweet? You didn't notice? No. I, I mean, I had wow, you muted, right. obviously. All right, let, let, let's go into the show. I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> Yeah, so this week I uh, I tweeted about on Saturday. I woke up, had a little iced coffee, was sitting around, you know, having a nice quiet morning, and I noticed that the subreddit for Amazon's The Boys was kind of in a meltdown because this uh, last week, not the week you're hearing this, but the week before, they introduced a character, and it's obvious that he's a bad guy. It's obvious that he's a bad guy, and this is causing some real issues for the. Uh, the viewers of the boys who do not realize that the show is satirizing the American right wing pretty, pretty brutally. Yeah. And so the no politics rule on the subreddit ha- ha- keeps being broken, which is ho- a hilarious <laughs> idea for a show like this. It's like, uh, I mean, how do you have a no politics rule on a show that is satirical about the 21st century? Yeah, or just in general at this point. Uh, so I screenshot it, I tweeted it, s- fired off a few replies just to get my full thought out there. Uh, then I. Uh, I went for brunch, and while I was at brunch, uh, Rolling Stone took my tweet and turned it into a story and put my tweet. Oh, that's good. And uh, it got so viral that uh, the actor who plays Homelander is now following me on Twitter. <laughs> good, 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 good. All right. Uh, but there's lots of people who are very upset with me uh, because uh, apparently there were also boys fans on Twitter who were not aware that uh, it is a show that is like mercilessly lampooning the American right wing. So the whole thing has been a real lesson for everybody. Uh, I'm very sorry to the, the New Zealand actor, Anthony Starr, who seems like a very nice man. And now he has to look at my tweets. Oh. Well, he's a Kiwi. They're all lovely. So yeah, I uh, I feel your pain from last week. There's lots of people outside of my immediate social graph who have lots of thoughts and feelings about my content, and I don't want them there anymore, and I'm tired of it. Um, but you know what I am not tired of? What are you not tired of? This incredible story about LC's sound system playing a Bored Ape Yacht Club party in New York City this week. Can I give you like a, my immediate... like? problem with the story like your visceral reaction My yeah. visceral reaction to this is like oh, that's very disappointing the second thing is the lcd sound system are playing a residency in london next week and there's like a couple of tickets left and i've been umming and ahhing on whether or not to go because this year as like bands have come back it's been really good for like ticking a bunch of people off my list that i haven't seen in like three or four years yeah i'm, I'm down to like basically the only one left is like japan droids now and they don't tour really so like i'm, I'm getting i'm getting through them uh, oh, I and, see. and the Hold Steady, which I missed the last time they came around, which is very annoying. All the white guy bands. All the You're white guy see bands. all the white guy bands yeah. this year. But this other white guy band, LCD Sound System, like, they're playing Residency. There's a couple of things. Like, I should do this. I should go see them. I haven't seen them since, like, 2015 or something. Yeah. And I guess this is the decision made. I probably want to go see them because this is really embarrassing. Anyway, tell me what happened. I love their song, Bored Apes Are Playing At My Yacht Club. That's my favorite <laughs> LC Sound System song. Uh, there's not much to it other than uh, LC Sound System. Amy Schumer and Questlove performed at a Bored Ape Yacht Club party. Oh, God. 
God, I think I'm more disappointed in Questlove than LCD sound system. Like LCD sound system, or at least like embarrassingly, they're, they're like cringe dad rock. Like Questlove's supposed to be cool, like actually okay. cool. Questlove will literally play any single party in New York City. That's true. Like Questlove, I have been in my life. I have probably been to over a dozen parties with like a corporate sponsored open bar and Questlove DJing, and it's it's. I love the guy, but like I don't, you know, he he he'll do whatever he wants to do. Amy Schumer, I love that. That's just an extra bit of chaos thrown in there. Yeah. Okay. Oof. I will say the most one of the one of the bleakest moments of my life uh, involved LC sound system and capitalism as well, actually. Okay. Which was I was at an international tech conference. I will not name the international tech conference because it's not their fault. But I went to uh, so a little a, a, it's party. a little bit their fault. They're an international tech conference. Everything that happened, yeah, 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 everything's yeah. kind but, of their fault. I went to a, a party on one of the last nights of the conference for like the C-suite, you know, it was like, a, it was like a top level party and I was able to get an invite yeah. and I went and I went into the back of this bar and there was a DJ playing and he was playing All My Friends by LC Sound System, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. Sure. But the entire crowd were like Patagonia vest wearing Silicon Valley guys. That's tragic. And it was, I mean, I say this a lot about a lot of different things, but the, the vibes, Luke, the vibes were rancid. It was just the most rancid vibes, and it it, it almost ruined the was song the, for me. Was the DJ James Murphy? The DJ was not <laughs> James Murphy, but he was like he was like a guy who looked like a normal DJ, but everyone else in the room were men who make a lot of money. And because this was an international conference, it was American men from Silicon Valley with a lot of young European women who were definitely not their wives. Dancing to All My Friends by LZ Sound okay. System, which for me is like the quintessential soundtrack of like being depressed in college. But now I have a new type of depression to to, to mold onto that song. All My Friends is, is being depressed in in a dive bar in New York. Like All My Friends, All My Friends is the New York version of the UK's Mr. Brightside. No, 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 no. I, we we went over this last we went over this last week in our bonus episode. The Killers' Mr. Brightside is the millennial British version of Don't Stop Believing. No, no, no. That's in America. Yes. Not in New York. New York has a different one. I wouldn't say it's all my friends. I don't God, think it's all my no. friends because I, I think it's, it's a different kind of vibe. All my friends is like the song that gets played when you're like in the basement of a house party on Long Island and everyone's doing pills. Right, right. I don't know what that is in the UK. Probably something by Dizzy Rascal. <laughs> this is a segue into what we're talking about this week. Before, before We're not getting there yet, but I want to let everybody know what we're talking about this week, which also involves NFTs. In the last week, I have received so much stuff concerning our little rabbit hole from last week involving NFT um, zombie accounts on Twitter, and I have a lot to talk about. Yeah, I'm getting I'm I'm getting added into the zombie accounts now. Really? Like when people are doing the kind of reply to this tweet and win something, people are like adding me in. I'm like, I've not been engaged with this. I don't understand how this is happening. Is this random or is that just a thing that's happening now? I mean, they found you. And you're going to be compromised now. And you're going to start spitting out NFT stuff. Yeah, sure. But before we get to that, I got sent a absolutely confounding Facebook video, uh, which I sent to you. And it's titled, He Turned His Wife Into a Crone from the account Fabiosa Digest, which I've never heard of. Have you ever heard of this account before? Nope, but I got a feeling that we're going to find out some fun things about this account. I'm very excited. So Fabiosa Digest is like, it seems to be based... In British Virgin Islands, 
I think it's based in the Virgin Islands. Hold on. First, we got we to gotta describe the video first. Because the video is astonishing. Wait, I'm sorry. It's based in Cyprus. And yeah, just describe the video. Walk us through the video. All right. So the video opens with, it's a not dissimilar video to, oh, I've lost, I've forgotten the name of it now. Uh, the one that I did, the, the, what is the name of the video where it's like, they're like Aesop's fables, but for the 21st century, where it's like, this man was poor, then he, his boss punched him. Now he's rich and that his boss is poor. Yeah, it's like all those kinds of content farms. Yeah, exactly. So it's one of those content farms. And that's exactly what it looks like. But it has... Those have a a very strange understanding of the world, which is essentially like, if someone's mean to you, eventually you'll be rich, which... <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. fine. Uh, it doesn't matter what you do, like, eventually you'll be rich. This is the, o- the only solution to anything is that eventually you'll be rich. But like I can understand how people get there because it's kind of it's kind of related to like hustle culture is kind of related to you know it's it's that kind of LinkedIn here's this one lesson you need to hire a great employee and then also become rich. But these are kind of a they they move a step forward, which is this specific video opens with a woman in her I don't know somewhere between forty and fifty maybe, but it's important to note that she looks like a crone. Uh, which is such a specific odd word to use as well. Well, none of these videos are like captioned by people who speak English as their first language, which not a problem, but it's like very clear that like they're just being mass produced like by people on Fiverr or something possibly. The this page Fabiosa Digest I think it's a studio. I think it's a studio. I mean, it's the same production quality for a lot of these videos, so I think they do have a studio. Um their page says they're based in Cyprus, but the page managers are based in Ukraine, Cyprus, and Hungary. We got to talk about the video first. <laughs> okay, talk about the video. All right, so the video opens with with a woman in her fifties. She's been made up to look like a crone, uh, or, or rather, she is just a normal looking woman, but she has like back combed hair. There are then a series of like increasingly surreal beauty treatments, which include her having snails on her face, her having part of her head shaved, her having some sort of colored paint put in her hair her then getting a, a makeover to look essentially roughly the same but with slightly better done hair but whilst... they basically dump like goo on her they yes. dump different colored goos on her and then cover her in giant snails yes but the story of the video is that she's going to court to like get a divorce or get money from a divorce well the opening lines of this are the most are the strangest lines because it starts with my husband gave me two hours to get 20 years younger I awoke after surgery and Sid announced divorce. An illness had made me old fast and he had a young fiance. He made our son call her mom and lied that I died, but I made it out alive and went to see my child's school play. <laughs> so this is the entire thing. The entire gist of this is that somehow she's magically gotten old and now she needs to get young again. She's become a crone. And now she's she become has a crone, to... yes. <laughs> it's such a specifically bizarre phrase. And yeah, she the, the end of the makeover is that she uh oh, I didn't even catch the the top. So they have a they have a pray for Ukraine banner at the top of this Facebook page. This Facebook page is absolutely wild. It also might be a Ukrainian media company or at least involve people from Ukraine. I don't think it is. It describes itself as a global publisher that empowers women to hack the fullness of life at any age across the globe. They're owned by a company called Masug Portfolio Corp which uh, I, I've looked up. There's nothing super interesting about it other than it just seems like 
like a shell company, I guess, for this thing. They have a lot of pages as well. There's a lot of Fabiosa base, base pages. There's Fabiosa Daily, Fabiosa Better World, Fabiosa Bell, which, yeah, it'll have very similar gists. They have an awful lot of this this exact sort of stuff where it's kind of like videos of someone being... This person was an outcast at work after she'd been locked in the basement for a while. <laughs> I'm watching one of like an old homeless man who... Uh, goes blind because of a fire and then gets like a shave and a haircut he transformed he transformed into a woman to get his wife back part one what happens in part two i don't know but there are at least five parts of this i think what's like really interesting about these videos is that the story is like essentially like your average like boomer email forward like then the teacher resigned kind of thing yeah exactly but it's full of visual stimuli that they've clearly determined does well on Facebook. So like all of it involves like taping fake breasts on and like covering yourself in various goos and slimes and like changing your hair color and like ugly food. Like it's interesting to me that like all of the Facebook creators seemingly have decided that Facebook's algorithm for video is drawn to certain things based on what audiences like. So <laughs> gross slugs and snails and slimes and goos and like old people becoming young people and like pregnant ladies who are secretly men wearing watermelon. Like, but also a lot of these, this company produces a cartoons as well. I'm, I'm watching one of a woman in a neck brace in a wheelchair being covered in various food based slimes and powders. <laughs> like they all kind of know. Oh, they oh, all kind of know that filmed. people like that. It's filmed in Budapest. Filmed, okay. So yeah, one of the people, one, 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 some of the people running this page are from Hungary. That makes sense. And Cyprus is also. I've just uh, I've discovered this from from uh, previous stories I've reported on. Cyprus is a big area for Facebook content farms, and there's a bunch of those di those weird DIY video studios yeah. are all based in Cyprus. There's a lot of them are based in Cyprus and Hungary as well. As I recall, is very good for like devs and like ppc people that sort of stuff i'm watching one video right now called he missed his daughter's birthday and 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 landed wait he mi hold on he he <laughs> he <laughs> he missed his daughter's birthday and landed up in a cemetery <laughs> i hate when that happens i hate landing up in a cemetery this this company is hiring for at least thirty jobs right now, dude. Should we work? For, should we work for Fabiosa Digest? Maybe we should. I, maybe I thirty, should. maybe fifteen jobs. But there, are, I would love... there are a lot of jobs, like illustrator jobs, video making jobs, editing jobs. They say they have people in twenty two countries. I would love to cover you in slimes, and goos, and powders on Facebook. But that that we did that on the stag do so like. <laughs> Uh, do you do you have anything else you want to you want to hit before we we move on? I don't know, but I do think we should come back to this company because this is a weird one. Yeah, let's put a pin in this. We have so much we got to talk about with NFT Twitter theft that we don't have time for this today. But we are gonna. I want to come back. I want to come back to the Cyprian content farm. I think that's like a, a whole a whole episode we should dive into later this month. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's uh let's let's move to our big topic. Let's do it.
Okay. So let's start with Errol Crump because that's where we started last week. Okay. So last week we talked about how a Welsh culture reporter named Errol Crump was now on Twitter as a hundred thousand follower account tweeting nonstop about NFTs. Yes. We did not know if this was still Crump, if this was allowed. Uh, we couldn't figure out what was happening. We had guesses. We assumed it was some kind of phishing scam. We'll get to why this happens in a minute, but I wanted to start with, I have been in an email thread with Mr. Crump, okay? This is exciting. So I emailed several people uh, at the Daily Post North Wales Live. I emailed their audience editor. I emailed their editor-in-chief. Uh, I got bounce backs from some. Uh, I didn't hear from anybody until three hours ago. So we were recording on Tuesday. Uh, three hours ago, Mr. Crump emailed me and said, your message was passed on to me. I don't know if you've been responded to by anyone else at the paper, uh, but uh, let me know what's going on, basically. That's basically what he said. So I said, I'm trying to determine if you are still in control of the DP Errol Twitter account. Uh, how did, and then I asked if not, like, how did you lose access to it? And I said, I was a reporter in the U S working on a story about NFT scams. Mr. Crump said a reporter for which publication <laughs> and are you on assignment? <laughs> and I said, I, I freelance for various places and I included some of my work and I said, I publish a newsletter, which you can read here, just trying to get some insight. And then Mr. Crump replied, I'm sorry, but I can't help you. <laughs> And that was the end of that. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that was disappointing. I really thought we were going to get more out of that. <laughs> well, the account is suspended. The, the on assignment is really interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I, I've I, never heard a British person use that. It was a very strange uh, interaction with Mr. Crump. I wish him well. I really would love to know what had happened there, but he was not willing to tell me. Uh, that said, I did get some interesting information um, about Marcelo Sarvis's account. So last week we talked about the Brazilian footballer Marcelo Sarvis, who is now tweeting nonstop about NFTs. So uh, that Twitter account, really interestingly, was not only linked to a NFT project called Tiger Versus. When I went to the Tiger Versus website, Marcelo Sarvis was listed as an employee. Okay, that's interesting. And I was like, this is real weird. So on the Tiger versus uh, NFT website, which has all of the employees as different Tiger NFTs and links to their uh, LinkedIn's and another various pages, most of them were, were guys who were working in like Bangladesh, Bangalore, uh, different uh, guy in London, one guy in Boston. So I reached out to the founder who goes by Crescent Moon. Uh, real name on LinkedIn was Arun Kumar. And I just said, like, hey, uh, I'm a once again, I'm a reporter from the U.S. I'm working on this thing about NFTs. Is the Brazilian football player Marcelo Sarvis advising your NFT project about Tigers? <laughs> uh, and this is, what Aaron, this is what Arun said to me. So he sent us a message on our Twitter handle, and he said that he would love to provide marketing services as a marketing advisor for our project. He said he's from Florida and has helped selling out projects. He promised to work with us and help with our project. He, he did not say he was a footballer. Is there any issue? He took $3,000 from us saying you would help in marketing. And I said, uh, have you ever spoken to him on a video call or anything? And he said, no video call. He came on a Google Meet without the video. Why are you asking? Is there any issue? Did we get scammed? Sad face. <laughs> he said he would guide us through every step of marketing. We lost so much money. We are a very small team in India. 
Uh, he did not say he was a footballer. I don't know about the football player from Brazil. He said he is a verified NFT promoter on Twitter. And I said, just to let you know, like this account as of fairly recently was being used by a football player who's from Brazil, who now works at LA Galaxy, blah, 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 blah. Then Arun Kumar said, he changed his banner to our project and also his profile picture. Is there any concern? Uh, and then uh, they confirmed that they did not know the email that he had used to get into the Google Meet call. So I, was, I, I couldn't get any information about who this person from Florida was, but I was able to confirm that it is almost 99.9% .9 definitely not Marcelo Sarvis, a Brazilian football player. Well, that I think we've always... That I've always been relatively confident about. I am less confident that Aaron Kumar is telling you the truth. Well, I will say a couple of things have happened to that website since we spoke. So they took off all the contact information for all the employees, and they did remove Marcelo Sarvis from the team lineup. However, the Marcelo Sarvis Twitter account is still verified. It still has 100,000 followers. It still publicly identifies as a member of the Tiger versus team but it has not updated since June 12th. So I don't know what's going on there, but it does seem like the person from, let's say, Florida who is using that account is in control of it and, and taking it to NFT startups and saying, like, I will use this massive verified account to promote your project. That, that seems to be clear what's happening. I mean, I'm going to say that there's another version of this, which is that you message someone who is was behind the original scam and their version of saying getting out of it was saying we got scammed taking it off because they're like well people know about this one now but they have like a hundred others to go to and they've just removed it from this specific one it's possible it's very possible that Arun kumar is in on this scam at the same time he was pretty fast in replying his linkedin page is it, it's fairly legit i mean it's it's pretty properly updated. It seems like he was a uh, person who made visual animations for medical companies up until uh, trying to make an NFT. And he's still technically working at a company called uh, Microscape Scientific Visuals, which is, a, which is, from what I can tell, a real company. And it, and it seems like this Tiger NFT project is something that him and a couple of people he met on Twitter are doing to like make Could some be. money. Could be. Um, and it's like tied to like Tiger Conservation. So it's totally possible that I was being lied to, but at the same time, he used his real name. He used his real LinkedIn. I, I, I don't know. Uh, we can we can put a question mark there. All right. Um, I did not hear back from the two esports players we we reached out to. So uh, I I did, however, get full names for everybody, um, which uh, is a little helpful in terms of getting a full picture of what's going on here. So BLK nine underscore R six is a Paraguayan Rainbow Six player named Richard Rodriguez, who was on a team called Furious Gaming. I reached out to Furious Gaming for comment, didn't get anything. And the other account we were looking at, the Chloe, uh, belongs to Larissa Kimi Ito Vieira Cassiano, who played for a team called the Black Dragons. And the Black Dragons website still links to the Chloe Twitter account underneath Cassiano's uh, player bio. So, and there's even like a photo of her. So she was a real person. She is a real person, but it does not appear that she's in control of her Twitter account anymore. Um, and I have not heard back from either of those gaming teams in regards to what's going on there. Okay. So we haven't really progressed that far on, on that. Hold on, hold on. There's, there's more here. There's more here. So um, while we were looking into this, a really good OSINT account called Conspirator Zero uh, is, the, is the name, the display name is Conspirator. 
Spirador Norteno. I highly recommend following this account if you if you're interested in this kind of thing. It's a he's uh, they're a data scientist. They do lots of really good OSINT. They came across two Twitter accounts which are now both suspended. They appeared to belong to local journalists. Uh, one was an anchor reporter identifying themselves as someone who worked for KCRA News, and the other one was uh, identifying themselves as a TV reporter for KTVU, which are both local affiliates in America. And these accounts appeared to be legit, but they weren't. In fact, what had happened was they were spoofed versions that weren't actually the original accounts. Someone, what they did was they created new versions of these accounts and then used them to get verified. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. And then uh, Conspirator Zero found another example of this with a reporter based in Hong Kong working for the South China Morning Post, which also seems to have been targeted by this kind of scam. And these accounts appear to have been the same ones that we were looking at, but they don't have the post history. They, they were basically like they were created artificially to look legitimate and then verified. All right. So uh, there is a network of people or a multiple networks of people who are getting hold of verified accounts or creating accounts which they are fraudulently verifying or getting fraudulently verified, which is interesting in itself because it's quite hard to get an account verified now. Yeah, so... Conspirator Zero found a network of accounts that advertise what they call a 1 to 100k Twitter follower service available. And it appears what they they what you do is you DM one of these accounts and you ask to get your NFT project promoted and then all of a sudden your NFT project is being promoted by an account with 1000 to 100,000 Twitter followers. I'm going to guess based on a sliding payment scale. Yeah, that sounds correct. Uh, the other little piece of this, which I thought was interesting, was um, I got a, I, I received so many messages from people that it was actually getting really hard to keep up with my my Twitter DMs. Uh, thank you all, anyone who listened to last week's episode and reached out to me. Uh, I was completely overwhelmed, and I'm very sorry <laughs> if I didn't respond to you. I, I will get to it eventually, I swear. Uh, I'm just a little buried at the moment. But Cam Smith, one of the hosts for a fantastic show in Australia called Yeah No Pasaran. I, I've been a guest on it. It's great. Cam sent me a bunch of really interesting sorry, stuff sorry, too. Can you say that? Can you say that name again? Yeah, nah, Passaran. Okay, cool. Right. <laughs> the first way you said it, I was like, "Do you say no Passaran?" <laughs> but yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So Cam wrote to me about how there was another Twitter account that was basically selling services to break into people's Twitter accounts using data that was stolen from data breaches elsewhere. So this was yeah. another thing that I had, I'd been, I'd been reached out to by a bunch of listeners about, which, so it's very common. If you ever like hear like, Hey, data breach at Yahoo, what a lot of people will do is download all of that. And then like they'll mass input those usernames and passwords into other social media services to see if they can get access to it. Once they get access to it, they then put it on some kind of black market uh, and it'll end. Uh, it can be used from everything from uh, shilling <laughs> Elon Musk and like repeating Elon Musk tweets and replying to Elon Musk tweets or, or promoting NFTs, uh, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Or, or hacking into people's bank accounts. We probably should have made clearer last week that like, the actual mechanics of how people hacked this was not that surprising. Like we knew that bit. It's very much the what is the the network behind this and how are all these things linked together? Like the actual mechanics of getting into them, like 
yes, this is how this works. That's a great point. If you've never done any hacking, what you do is you first you put on the gloves that allow you to interface physically with the internet. Then you put on your helmet, which is plugged into a psychic dolphin that was typically stolen from the from the navy, and then you you physically enter the 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 internet which is sort of like a cartoon space that you fly around and then you solve very simple logic puzzles to get into the back doors of various banks uh, and pharmaceutical companies yeah but you've got to do it before the antivirus programs get you which uh they're often you can identify them because they look like um police officers but like smaller and made of ones and zeros yeah imagine like a tie fighter made of ones and zeros that's color-coded like a police officer's car yeah and they shoot lasers at you that are the viruses yeah so you gotta you gotta get out of that you gotta jack out before that happens so that's 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 uh that's a real simple guide to how hacking works but i I wanted to share i wanted to share some other stories that i I, i've been told from other people because i i do think it's very interesting how this is not this is not just an NFT thing. This is like a this is a widespread thing that keeps happening. So I, I got one message from a reader uh, who told me that apparently this was a massive issue for BTS Stan accounts. Oh, that makes sense. That people were taking over BTS accounts and they were doing uh, sketchy giveaways with them and tricking people into like filling out Google Forms and stuff for the giveaway and then using that to like socially engineer. I mean, that know. makes a lot of sense because they are, you know, extremely passionate, but also are likely to have low uh low low internet security just because they are a stan account and not uh well i mean you know not someone who is trading highly valuable objects on twitter but (laughs) apparently people trading highly valuable objects on twitter also not great at the security i do think like one part of that also is that the reason why people are targeting let's say nft investors or bts fans is that they are communities with a certain level of built-in trust, even if it's not explicitly said, right? Like you kind of think like, oh, like why would a fellow BTS fan like hack my account? Uh, Although now, mind you, a Blackpink fan might hack a BTS fan's account, but like that's a whole different thing, right? Yeah. So I do think that like that's a large reason why these accounts are being targeted. Which I think also tells, it tells us an incredibly important thing about the NFT community that we've, we've been, we've been saying for a while, which is that it is not a, structured community of people who are working on these big projects and when you go to the people who are like at the center if they're always talking about like hey we don't care about the drop in bitcoin because we're builders and that's what we do and the vast majority of people at for example nft nyc are not these people right but then outside of that there is this group of people who are just like a fandom right and as a result they are not operating according to the rules of a a community of people who are interested in new financial instruments right these accounts are, are almost entirely motivated financially. It seems like what, what's really happening here is that like they are duping people. I mean, they're basically tweet decking. They're like it's a very nefarious version of tweet decking, where instead of just like building up, uh, let me define that just in case people don't know what I'm talking about. But like a tweet decking operation is where you see a network of accounts all promoting the content from each other to artificially inflate the engagement numbers. That seems to be what's happening here, but they're doing it to. Then they're then going and selling that tweet decking operation to NFT uh, startups or NFT projects, which I find I find super interesting. And it's not just happening on Twitter. I got a bunch of messages from people saying it's very common on Instagram as well. Apparently, there's been a whole rash of like one thousand to fifteen thousand follower Instagram accounts that just get taken over and then suddenly pivot real hard into NFTs overnight. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what's happening. Oh, and then uh, interestingly enough, this also happened uh, to a couple of the queens from RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, 
interesting little twist there. I mean, it's yeah, it's interesting because yeah, again, it is it is people who have gained really big followings, but those followings don't cross over. Like broadly speaking, if you are trying to actually, you know, football would be a bad one to do it in because there's a lot of minor footballers who fundamentally have enough of a following that they would like there are a lot of journalists who cover football there's a lot of people to get it out there's not all that many people who cover drag queens or bts stands which means it can happen and just won't be noticed oh you mean like mainstream media attention yeah yeah exactly it doesn't well not mainstream media but it doesn't break out of its bubble right which i think is the point you know we we've we, we should probably address like kind of the the thought process here which is so you have your influencers you have your micro influencers, and then you have like this new insidious invention, which is the nano influencer. And there's been, I mean, I've read a bunch of marketing studies that have kind of argued that you're better off paying a hundred nano influencers and 10 micro influencers than you are paying one influencer. Yeah. Well, I mean, this also makes sense from a pure marketing point of view which is that your the first time you see something is never the time you convert no never you convert on the fifth or the sixth or the seventh time so if you can hit an entire community and then people are like, wow man everyone's talking about this i gotta try this that's when you get them and so yeah it makes more sense there's a video that's been stuck in my youtube recommendations for like almost three months and if i see it one more time i'm gonna watch it <laughs> i know i'm gonna watch it I see it all the time. And I'm like, I don't want to watch it right now. But I know eventually it will wear me down and I will watch the video. And that's how the internet works. <laughs> is that if you <laughs> see something enough times, you'll get worn down. And so that seems to be the main thought process here. Rather than anything inherently political or nefarious, it seems like what they're doing is they're going, let's let's assume Arun Kumar was telling me the truth. What, what would happen here is that one of these services would take control of an account that used to be controlled by a real person. They'd add it to their stable. They'd artificially inflate it with 90,000 fake followers, but they, it would have the verification check mark, which is the important thing. And Twitter's verified program does not clearly spend much time looking at who's still verified. Yeah. It then takes those accounts to someone like Arun Kumar and says, hey, if you give me $3,000, I'll use my account and I will tweet your stuff. And the person who was using Marcelo Sarvis's account was so brazen, they let <laughs> the person let Tiger Versus add them as a team member to their site, which I just, that blew my mind. I, I've never seen anything that brazen and ridiculous in my life. It's astonishing. It's, I mean, it's also, it's fraud. It's straight up classic fraud. But, and that's what makes me think that like Kumar is not lying to me because it's like, that's like that's so obvious like makes you look bad i don't know maybe i'm just being innocent naive that's that's typically my role in these sort of things i don't know i just think so much of this like i don't know how you even start prosecuting any of this stuff no there's i mean there's no way what is what is the solution to this like if you are a user in mexico who subscribes to a brazilian twitter user's feed and then buys a scam NFT off them while that person is living in the US, but that's been taken over by someone in Germany who's selling that account to someone in India, you are never getting anything out of that. No, no, there's no way. And, and this is like part of the problem with the NFT world, which I think kind of brings us to our last big point here, which, and it's something that I've been covering. I have a, I have a story out this week at Fast Company kind of about this very idea, which is that these NFT let's call them startups, these NFT projects, they, they're they all run by just random people who meet in group DMs and nobody knows who each other are. 
And in the before time, when like a bunch of randos would meet on something awful or 4chan or whatever it was, there was kind of a limit they could get to before they had to reveal who each other were. And then eventually they'd have to be like, okay, am I gonna if I am I gonna do something with this person? With the with the way NFTs work and the way that like blockchain wallet technology works, you don't ever have to know who you're receiving money from, which is a very revolutionary idea, but it's also like a an idea that makes it ground zero for these kind of shenanigans, which is like you have no idea who you're talking to to the point where you're have no idea who you're tweeting with. And Twitter's verification is completely broken because, I mean, we all of these accounts, except for Errol Crump's, hilariously enough, which is the only one that's been suspended, <laughs> were verified. We got to get in touch with them on the reach and see if they know <laughs> what the hell Errol, happened with Errol Crump. Well, he's not a fan of the content mines. I guess he didn't read our write-up in the London Times, which is unfortunate. But I mean, I'm guessing he is, he's been scammed once and would rather not be scammed again. Yeah, that, that's why I didn't press too hard. I, I, I figured, you know what, like... The account's been suspended. Uh, I can at least say our job is kind of done when it comes to him. I don't want to cause him any more grief. He seems like a, a lovely man. But the uh, the the whole thing that we sort of like stumbled across last week, it's so insidious. And what's also really annoying is that like it's fairly easy to deal with. And especially when you have people like Elon Musk saying they they want to buy Twitter and then make everyone verified or get rid of anonymity. And it's like, no, like the verification is why this works. Like people are able to take over each other's verified accounts and then use them to to promote like malicious like crypto scams. Yeah, this is what's this is what's behind it all. Someone faking it. Right. I heard what I have one more story here because it's it's pretty it's pretty wild. So uh, a listener reached out. We started talking about a friend of hers who had her Twitter account uh, taken over and had about 20,000 followers. The hacker started taunting her via text message. And then the the hacker started posting selfies of her on the hijacked account to make it look like it was legitimate in between crypto giveaways. That is extremely unpleasant and annoying. Yeah, and I guess like the process for getting these accounts back is really difficult because if you're not a journalist, if you're not someone who works in media, or you're not someone who can like, you know, if you don't have a friend at one of these companies, it, you have to go through a really long and annoying process to try to argue that you're that person. Yes, it's very, very hard to do. And the vast majority of people who try to do it do not succeed. No. And in fact, like, I assume the vast majority eventually just give up especially yeah. and I, I think this is part of the reason why a lot of the accounts we stumbled across were owned by people who are outside of america if you're outside of america in particular it's very hard yeah i mean we can go round and round on like what we think is is the problem and what's bad with it and all of this sort of stuff but fundamentally the problem here is that there is no way to correctly follow a series of steps that would allow, allow you to get your account back if it is hacked because instagram facebook they just don't care to like a really a wild extent that they really don't give a shit about this. So yeah, you end up stuck outside your account. They don't care. And, you know, unless you are someone who is genuinely famous and able to set up a some sort of something uh, that would help you 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 get it back, um, will be it'll be almost impossible. Yeah. There's no incentive for anyone involved to do anything about it. Because also, like, you have to wonder. You know, I don't want to get too conspiratorial, but like you do have to wonder if you were to remove all of the artificial engagement from Twitter in particular, 
what it would look like. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is, is I think what's really impressive about this, and we can see this, is by the fact that every single one of these accounts that we found has had roughly the same number of followers. It's at 100,000 plus however many they had before. There used to be an old trolling technique, which was surprisingly effective, um, which is that you would buy a load of fake followers for someone because it meant whenever they were having an argument online or whatever, someone would respond by putting their account into the fake follower check or whatever. And it would be like, hey, all your followers are fake. And they just respond with that. And it's very hard to explain like, no, no, someone hates me and is therefore buying me followers because it doesn't make any sense. But it's extremely effective at kind of just discrediting someone. What's also effective is if you want to pretend you have more followers, but want an out for why you bought fake followers, is to buy a load of fake followers and then say <laughs> someone trolled you to get them. So, you know, there's, you can play this in a lot of different ways. Well, that was like I, I was once working on a story about fake news around the Mexican election and I was in Mexico City reporting the story. And I met one of the like they call themselves marketing firms, but they they're basically like you pay them to to make fake news. And yeah. they were making fake news stories about the candidates. And I was like, oh, so so one candidate buys uh, a bunch of fake news from you about their other candidates. And the guy was like, no, 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 no. They, buy, they pay us to make fake news about themselves. Yeah. And I was like, why? And he's like, oh, so they can go on TV and accuse the other one of making fake news stories about them. Uh, which is really that's that's the 4D chess that I don't think Trump ever figured out. Like that's the real the the real trick of the internet. I mean, it is and it isn't. Like the reason like that that Trump didn't have to figure that out is that he could just like all of these people are doing fundamentally doing the same thing, which is that they are attempting to delegitimize all information, including the the stuff they are trying to put out, on the basis that if they bring everyone down to zero, they have a coin flip chance of getting in. And that's that's the same plan everyone has so you know if you say they're doing fake news about me i'm doing fake news about them everything's chaos no one knows what to believe and therefore people just sort of go with their instinct and you got a chance like that is a much yeah. more effective way to do it than it is to actually run a propaganda a, a secret propaganda campaign that is definitely true and, i uh and Trump i had, had a, that bit figured out i had a friend who bought fake followers on instagram many years ago and he thought it was very funny at first to just suddenly be extremely popular on instagram with like very boring content yeah but then what he discovered was that uh, as he started to lose his fake followers, because uh, you have to, a lot of the fo- the fake follower ones they, they expire, and so you you lose your your fake following over time. Well, they don't exp- they don't expire. They just kind of they they crumble. Right. So as he started to lose his fake followers, he discovered that Instagram started penalizing him algorithmically so that nobody could ever see his account because it was det- it had determined that like it was a very bad account because no one they also don't engage with your content so like the algorithm will penalize a heavily followed account with zero, with like low engagement yeah exactly and then if you start losing followers you get penalized even worse so he essentially just didn't exist on Instagram for like 5 years because it took forever to course correct so don't yeah. do that. Don't don't buy fake followers. Yeah, it's, yeah, it'll fuck up your algorithm, and fucking up your algorithm is a very annoying thing to do. So to put a final cap on this, what what are we supposed to do? Because I feel like the the insidiousness of this particular scam that we're talking about in this particular instance the 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 hijacking of a verified account to promote NFT projects. It, it feels like it'd be very easy to fix, which is like, it you know, you, you just have to clean up who's verified and who's not online. But it's actually not that simple. And it doesn't seem like in, uh, Twitter is particularly interested in doing it. So like, what happened? Like, what, what, what's the takeaway here? I mean, I think the main thing to take away here is that this shit is a big scam. 
like it's very hard to tell what in NFTs is real and what's not real. It's especially hard for people who aren't uh, like <laughs> who don't have a podcast doing this nonsense uh, about to figure out like what isn't isn't real. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, I don't really think that there's a I don't think there's a clean takeaway for people that's going to be useful other than like yo, it's probably a scam. And if it's not a scam for this reason, it's a scam for a different reason. And like, you know, if you don't understand why the thing you're buying has value, don't buy it. Especially not if you're buying it as an investment. Yeah. Like, I think that's probably the number one thing. Like, you know, at least with art, you can say, you know, okay, I understand that, you know, this Leonardo da Vinci has value for X reason. Like, I don't... This stuff where it's just like, you know, it'll have value later. It's like, you don't know that. You don't know anything. You don't even know what it is. And I also think that, like, if you're just getting your Twitter account hacked, clicking on one of these giveaways, like, that's the best possible thing that could happen because, you know, we didn't get too far into the mechanics of this, but a tip, like, a lot of crypto wallets, particularly for Ethereum and stuff, like MetaMask, they're browser extensions. So, like, yeah, if you're signed into your crypto wallet, which is the the internet future that a lot of these weirdos want, they all want like the the ability to log into something with their wallet credentials, which is fucking psychotic. Because like, imagine if I had to log into my Bank of America account or Chase or whatever bank I happen to have. I'm not saying that that's the bank that I have. Uh, imagine if I had to log into my bank account every time I wanted to use the internet. That's what that that's what a lot of Web three projects make you do. And so if you're logged into your bank account and and someone gets access to your Twitter, they could very easily get access to all kinds of other stuff with remote software via, via phishing or whatever it is. So it's just it's really stupid. This whole thing is very stupid and, and everyone involved should feel very silly. That That's my takeaway is that like none of this needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. None of this really. Needs you're to probably not going to get you're probably not going to become extremely wealthy by clicking on a random NFT giveaway on Twitter. I think that's like, I think I can like pretty confidently say that. You're not going to miss. What if you click, what if you click on like a hundred? You're going to what? Sell NFTs like penny stocks? That's absolutely insane. <laughs> I like, mean, that's what these people are doing. This is what's happening. They are selling penny stocks and hoping that one of them goes up to three pence. And then if it goes up to three pence, it'll like be in the top rising 99.001% of all nfts at which point it rises to a pound at which point you've made your money it's utter nonsense and uh you know what if that's what you want to do if that's how you want to spend the precious time you have on this earth <laughs> fine but you know we can only help so many people with their with their hijacked accounts so we're gonna we're gonna put this to rest but also if you have any crazy stories about this happening to you please reach out i'm still going through the ones that i've received but uh you know it, this is obviously not going away and we're, we're gonna keep our eyes on it but hey luke have you consumed any content to stay sane this week? Uh, yeah, do you want to talk about uh, Miss Marvel? Have we talked about that yet? We have not talked about Miss Marvel, and I think we should talk about Miss Marvel. Let's talk about Miss Marvel. Okay, so uh, for people who don't want to pay and listen to us talk about Miss Marvel, uh, based on the first what is it two episodes? Yeah. Uh, the the first two episodes. Uh, what would you give it? What would you give out of five? 
I'm going to have to start writing down my scores because I'm very inconsistent with these. But it's like a seven or an eight. Every single time I ask you for a, a numerical rating, you give me the wrong one. The other day I asked you, I think for 10 and you gave me, f- no, you do this again. Yeah, you do this again. I asked you out of five and you just said seven or eight. Well, I'm always just going to say out of 10. Okay, so do I have to say 10 now? Yeah, say 10. Like five is a very imprecise number. <sighs> anyway, how about you? What content have you been consuming to stay sane? And we're good. I thought, yeah, we're gonna talk about Miss Marvel. Uh, oh, we're I'm just gonna Miss Marvel. Okay. Yeah, I think we're just gonna do something big about Miss Marvel. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna give it a. I was really thinking in terms of five, and now I have to think in terms of ten. Uh, I'm gonna give it like an eight, an eight point five. Okay. Interesting. I really like it. I think it's really fun. Uh, I'm excited to talk about it. Thank you, Seven Morris, for editing this week's show. The lovely soundscapes that are hitting your ear holes at the moment uh, are all thanks to him. And. Uh, please go to your favorite podcast app of choice and leave us a review as if you were promoting your own NFT project from a hijacked Twitter account. Try not to get our podcast listings banned for spam. Yeah, this is a really bad one. But just, I think if it's unique enough, we won't get dinged for spam. So yeah, give it a shot. And I, I, this is a reminder to myself for next week that we got to go back through our podcast reviews and see if anyone's been doing these weird challenges we give them. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for supporting the show. If you want to hear us talk about Miss Marvel uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, you can head over to thecontentminds.com and subscribe for bonus episodes. Uh, they're pretty good, I think. Uh, they're different than the vibe of this, but they're pretty good, I think. Bye-bye. Have a good week. Bye. See ya. <laughs>